Okay, would you mind introducing yourself for the audience, please? Hi, uh, I'm Rob Major. Um, I'm a plein air painter. I live in Kent. I've uh, been painting since I was 13 as a hobby all my life. And uh, I retired from banking in 2012. So for the last um, 11 years, um, I've been 11, 12 years, I've been uh, painting um, three or four days a week, hopefully four or five days a week. Um, I'm pretty enthusiastic. I, I only paint outdoors. I never do work in the studio. And um, I enjoy doing, uh, um, putting my paintings on uh, Instagram because um, it keeps me focused and I enjoy meeting other, meeting other people and, and uh, finding out how, thing, how things work and gaining quite a good profile with other painters and, and the public at large. So uh, altogether, that's about me. Thank you. Yeah. Great. Well, Rod, I've been an admirer of your work. I think I've heard come across your paintings during lockdown times. Mm. Um, and I was always so impressed about the, the, the vibrancy, but also the deceptive simplicity of your technique, especially with your landscapes. I'm, I'm a big uh, fan of landscape painting. How long? did it take you to develop your style to, to get to a point where you were really confident with what you were doing? Well, I've always thought I've been confident, but probably <laughs> an answer to, to your question about when I started getting better. I think yeah. I started a lot of, when I retired in 2012, October 2012, um, I, I started doing a lot of um, eight by 10 paintings. Um, yeah. lots of them, uh, two or three a day or four a day. And uh, they, I, I improved dramatically doing all of that lot. Um, some of them weren't very good, but I've got shed loads of, shed loads of small paintings. And I think I, um, I did that basically between 2013 and 2014, 2015 probably over, 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 over those first three years. And then after that, I've, I've just started getting better, mainly through seeing other, other people's work on Instagram and being more right. Yes, yeah. So that being on Instagram has really sort of fed into your own motivation. Yeah, definitely. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Keep going. I, feel, I feel as if I'm, if, I'm not, if I'm not showing people a painting, I'm just not good. I like, but it's quite, quite a useful discipline. Yes. Yes, and I think that's interesting as well because some, sometimes, um, so, so I teach painting as well, and sometimes my, my students will get an Instagram account and they will go on there and they will scroll through and then come to the next class absolutely crestfallen because they've seen all of this amazing work on there and they think I could never get there. So it's this sort of two-edged two thing in, in a way that, it can help be a pace car in a way for you to keep motivated and keep going. But sometimes some artists can also overly compare themselves to, to others. Um, I think you're probably, probably right. Yeah. But then there's always uh, like people who stop you in the street. There's always people that aren't as good as you around. Yes. Um, so, you know, no matter who, where you are, there's always some stuff that's not not too good but with which might encourage you but uh, yeah if you're looking at 95 percent of really fabulous work and yours isn't anywhere near then it might be a bit discouraging but then we grow up looking at the french impressionists 
and the phobists and all these uh, other yes. thinkers, and it doesn't put us off. We 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 want to keep going. We want to we want yes. to become like uh, like them. Yes, like, yeah. ever. So it's reframing it and being in, inspired by it. I think yeah, inspiration and uh, um, yeah, inspiration definitely, and and influence. You can be influenced. Yeah inspired and uh, that's probably a better form of teaching rather than someone telling you what to do if you're Absolutely. seeing what you like and what inspires you that's probably a quite a good thing absolutely so so rod on on the uh, point of inspiration you mentioned post-impressionists and phobists and i see i see it in your work but who would you say out of the the old masters were your uh, because well, masters. Uh, well, I, I or styles. I, I read, I've never really studied them too much, but yeah. uh, my first what, my first art book was Raphael, which I admired him a lot, mainly yeah. because it was disdictomy. I didn't choose him; it was just disdictomy. It was a one yeah. of these books uh, that was given to me. And then, of course, we've always had uh, Turner and um, Constable, the East British ones, uh, Rubens. Um, I do like Rembrandt as well. And of course, uh, Da Vinci, I, I, I spent hours doing, doing pencil copies of the Mona Lisa. Uh, <laughs> so all, all those big ones, but I never really uh, got emotionally attached to the old master. No. I always thought that they were dull and, and formal and stiff, but I yes. love the freshness and vibrancy of, uh, of Monet and Sisley, Pissarro, the, the press, press impressionists, and then the post ones, and then all, all that followed. Matisse yes. and, uh, and Picasso and people like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very much that sort of modern take and modern look on it. And I think it's interesting with it as well. With I'm a big fan of Constable's oil sketches. Yes. So forget the Hayway and anything like that. It's those V&A oil sketches that yes. I'm very interested in and how they then, you know, many years later inspired... Monet and Pissarro, that, that they saw in them this kind of vibrancy and freshness, which the Royal Academy would never have seen no. back in, in the time. Exactly. So, so in many ways, you're, you're sort of going on from that visual language and being inspired by the vibrancy of Impressionism and post-Impressionism. Frozen? No, you're still there, I think. I'm oh. here. Yeah. So, so that was that was a that was a sort of a, a question in a way. Um, <laughs> Remember what the question was then. <laughs> so, so the question was, yeah. So the question was, do, do you see yourself very much in that that tradition of of uh, post impressionism and impressionism? yes, yes, I do. Yes, definitely. Um, uh, the the the, the post impressionists, notably Van Gogh. Um, yes. I do like uh, Sisley very much. Yeah. Uh, and also, I moved on to as, as you get the more the older you get, the more you look, you start seeing more under the radar stuff. Now, I, I like the uh, 20th century British painters, uh, right. like uh, Duncan Grant, um, yes. uh, Matthew Smith, even um, Sickert, Augustus John, those sorts of people. I love all those. Mm. Even Vanessa Bell, I like a lot. <laughs> yeah, Bloomsbury and stuff. Yeah, yeah beautiful. Yeah, I like all that lot. Um, uh, that's the British one. But then there's also the similar sort of schools in in, in France as well, which is mm. which, which we have to keep discovering because it's not just up to us on a plate. But this is the beauty of the internet. We can keep finding things that we never that we never knew existed. So there's a Absolutely. limitless 
fine now. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, do, do you like any of the, the Russian Impressionism? Yes, I do like the Russianists very much, but they don't have the profile, they weren't dished up to us. We've had to sort of find them much later yeah. on. But I do think that they, they were very good. I like the, the, the school of St. Petersburg. Um, yes. I, I, I mean, the names, I just can't reel them up the names. But yeah, I do like them. And particularly the, 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 the art school training has been very good, different from ours. Ours went more into the creative uh, conceptual zone, whereas the St. Petersburg school kept teaching people how to paint and showing them traditional methods, uh, which, which included looseness, but also formal work. Yes. And to this day, that they, they seem to have great, they seem to have great painters, you know, really good because of that. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And that tradition is very much alive. Um, Simon and I were just talking off screen before about um, the amount of painters we've now interviewed here, the painters I know who haven't necessarily gone to art school here. And a lot of it is because of the conceptual leaning of art schools. Did, did you go to art school? Oh, no, I, I didn't. I, uh, I just did O-level art. And then before, when I was about 14, and uh, then I did O-levels and I went to work in a bank. And, uh, and, but I've always had this as a hobby. I started, as I say, when I was 13. Um, but my main, my main thing is that I had a book when I was 13 by, by Adrian Hill called, um, called oil, uh, The Beginner's Book of Oil Painting. Is I've got it. Yes. But also that's my original one. It was 1958. Was it, was wow. it, I was 10 then. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I, I've still got that. And um, it, it, uh, I got started that. And the, the other book he has, uh, so I've got it, which I also had at an early age, probably when I was 14, 15. Um, uh, and it's called Sketching Out of Doors uh, by also by uh -huh. So I, I got going, I put the bait paints on the back of my bicycle when I was 14 or 15, and I went and did some, I started playing air painting at that age, but with, with, with only the influence uh, of Adrian Hill. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's interesting, isn't it, how sort of one book like that can sort of inspire. Yeah. A trigger, a life a trigger isn't it? It's a... Uh, it's like priming something, and then then once once it then it has its own own life, but it, yes. it starts, isn't it? Yes, yes, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I've actually got the the first book you showed yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So when you with your career in in banking. Did you spend your weekends painting your evenings? Well, good question. Um, <laughs> there was no golden rule, but I I did uh, generally speaking weekends. Yes. Um, and at the beginning, my, when my job wasn't high, too high pressure, I was able to do more. And also, I went to, I used to go on painting holidays on my own. I went to France uh, quite a few times, Provence, um, in the footsteps of um, some painters, a guy called uh, um, uh, Frederick Gore, who painted, went to Barnier in, in Provence. I, I followed in his footsteps. And also, another guy who I paint like very much a guy called William Warden is an RBA. He died about 1982. I, I knew him very well and he, he had a place in France. And uh, yes, yeah, so I, 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 I again, gained a lot from going on a two or three week painting holiday and painting just outdoors in the lovely French countryside with olives and olive trees and purple shadows and orange fields and you know, distant hills. And it was absolutely wonderful.
I, I, I'm going to be hopefully going again soon, but I could never get enough of that of France. But fortunately, we're stuck here in Britain. <laughs> yeah, but and the light is is completely different. Yes, isn't it? it's a lot of ultraviolet uh, things. Yeah. And, you know, and in the, in the autumn, the, the length of the shadows and the richness of the of the light is lovely. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Fabulous, fabulous. Simon, do you, do you have any questions for that? Well, yeah, since your introduction, I was kind of um, curious about, I mean, I've started doing plein air painting this year, and really? it's really because I work at home and I don't have a lot of space at home, so I don't get much painting done. I do a lot of drawing, but I just don't really have the space, you know, the elbow room really for painting, and I hate the idea of knocking over a glass of you know water or something on the computer so yeah. going out painting offered a lot of freedom for me to have the space to paint and to set up I was wondering why it is that you didn't find it comfortable to paint in a studio as opposed to plein air what was what was that moment for you where you just became I don't, I don't think it's a matter of being uncomfortable in the studio it's uh, just that I like the fact that I um, you have to paint quickly uh, uh, when you're outside, because of the light, you, you really two or two and a half hours, really, or three at the most. So you have to paint quickly, which lends itself to impressionism and spontaneity and freshness. Whereas when you're in the in the studio at home, you you're well. First of all, you're not unless you're doing a still life. You're not you're not painting from life. You're just painting from memory, which I don't really want to do. I'm, I'm not really a, that sort of a painter. If I, was, if I was just painting from memory, I'd probably come up with abstract work, but um, I, I do like representational work. Uh, so the studio also, in answer to your question, whenever I have done any studio work, I've, I've tended to gross pictures up, uh, a small small picture, I square it up and do a, a large one, uh, which, which works well, I get some quite good work, but it, it, it takes a lot of time. But also the, the, the end product is always a little bit stiff, and um, you know, it's not my natural style of painting. Uh, I just rather paint fre freely. So it's nothing against the studio. I think uh, this guy here, um, Adrian Hill, he said, uh, I'm never happier when I'm uh, painting outside, apart from when I'm in my studio. That's <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah it's, it is an interesting thing that outdoors or indoors and your work has that immediacy to it that very much needs to be in the scene. But you have painted quite a few still lives, and yeah. I know during lockdown you did. Not notably during the lockdown, uh, <laughs> but and garden scenes. So yes, I do them because uh, sometimes I get if, if the weather's awful, you know, horrible, and, and, and I'm all geared up for going out. Sometimes I will, but uh, getting the light, I don't really have a studio, to be honest. I'm, I'm uh, in this room where I am now, which is a conservatory, which is sort of where I do little things here. But, uh, you know, generally speaking, uh, I, I, it doesn't, it, it, once I get painting still life, I'm inspired. I love it. Yeah, I can do it. But I tend to paint, paint a, bit, a bit more carefully because there's no, there's no time limit on them. Yes. That one that I paint, posted, uh, two days ago, uh, it, uh, a flower painting, and that, that was painted quickly because it had a shadow on it. And certain yeah. light. So I, I was happy with that one, that was outdoors. That was like a plein air painting, but it, it was yes. still alive. But still life, when, when you've got controlled lighting, you, you tend to get a, an exact painting and, and less impressionistic, yes. uh, I think. 
But um, so I, I just basically enjoy getting out, basically. Well, <laughs> when you say that you have to paint quickly, I mean, I run out of steam after about two and a half hours when I've been out. After yeah. that, I really start to lose my momentum and I, I don't think I'm observing quite as keenly as I was. How long do you spend on a, on a session out, outdoors? Well, uh, three hours at the most, but so, sometimes if, if, the, if it's a dull day, I can, I can go three or four hours, but uh, mostly, I, I mean, that means that's if I'm doing a large one. If I do a 20 by, 20 by 16, which is probably the largest I do outside, um, it, I could spend three and a half hours, but I don't, I don't think I should be spending more than that three and a half hours, but uh, probably four is in answer to your question. Mm. But generally speaking, two and a half to three hours for yeah. most of the sizes which I do, up to, up to 16 by 12 and uh, or below there, and, but 20 by 16 is a bit longer, yeah. Mm. How is it you decide on your composition for your for your pieces? Do you well, I, I, I wander around to an area. I like to sort of park the car somewhere where I know I'm going to be painting rather than try and see something as I'm driving around because I think that you go for miles and you never see anything. I stop, I stop, park the car and I wander around. And if it's a sunny day, you can see lots and lots and lots of, of, of scenes uh, that you can paint. And uh, uh, the answer to your question is how do I decide which one, the composition, I think it, it's uh, the light at the time. So if there's a shadow across the field or, or there's some reflections that I like or some distant hills I like, or there's a bit of activity, like some people walking along the street. Uh, I don't think there's a, any golden rule, but uh, it's what I see and what I what takes my fancy. But there's no, I don't want anything to be too pretty. Yes. Um, I don't, I don't want to be a people pleaser necessarily, although part of me is a people, people pleaser. I do like to sort of um, be a bit more cutting perhaps, uh, but yeah, so uh, my wife sort of tells me sometimes that I, you know, paint, I paint ordinary scenes, why don't I paint something a bit more uh, iconic? And so I uh, painted St Paul's Cathedral, which was, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh, yeah, sometimes I can just, I don't, I don't think there's any golden rule, as I've already said, so, but, mm. so I just paint what I see and, and I enjoy it. I have to enjoy it, I think. I have to enjoy what I'm looking at mm, rather yeah. than think, oh, I, I, that, that will make a good painting. I have to enjoy it. Yeah. And do yeah, you use your, you know, do you do that to kind of get what, you know? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Definitely. Yeah, I do. I yeah. sort of go like this, you know, like that. Yeah, I want that down, and, but I also do site size as well. So that like that does itself, you know. So mm. if I can do obviously angles, I can just transfer them from what I'm looking at to my, to my canvas that here, uh, and the length I sort of hold it by my, my fingers, and I just say, oh, it's that long, you know. So it's it's not it's not technical. It's just looking at lengths and angles and curves. Yeah. And and um, and then I don't I don't do a lot of, I spend a lot of time on the drawing and the initial drawing. It's just the main blocking the drawing, simple lines, and all of the detailed drawing comes when I with paint, mm, yes. painting it, and hopefully uh, not working it too much. But I do I do believe in working the paint. I'm probably answering answering more than you've asked here. No, no carry on. Please. I will just stick with it a moment because um, when I put put paint down, I do I the reason I do oils is I, I adjust it. Not necessarily straight away, but I put it down the best as I think the, the tone is. And then when I put something next to it, I think, oh, that's not quite right because it, it's either too dark or too cool or warm. And I, and I cool it down or darken it or whatever. And, or even the one I just put down, I keep changing it. So the two, the two together are harmonious and they live together like they are in reality. Yes. Um, so uh, I think that's, you didn't ask me that question. <laughs> <laughs> but it, 
but it's interesting with that and sort of going off uh, that when you're working like you're saying you're, you're constantly sort of adjusting elements exactly. of it yeah. and do you tend to sort of say work holistically in that sense so you can put a color there but it automatically adjusts something up here so everything is related and you're always looking at a painting as a whole yes definitely yes I, I think because i don't use a lot of colors i don't i don't use just two or three i, I use a reasonable but not many uh, yeah. so they tend to be and i don't always clean my breasts properly so the, yeah. there's a bit of every color in everything so it, it's naturally harmonious the way that i paint I put yellow ochre and uh, cadmium orange in my blue skies, for instance, a little bit. Because so, yes. if you put blue down on its own, it's no good at all. No. It, needs, it needs to have atmosphere and, uh, and it has yeah. to stay the other colors. So I think, yeah, the harmonious thing. It, yes, I do. I do like that. But um, the way you're painting on the, the smaller the smaller panels that you do, you you get that uh, you joined up harmonious uh, feel of that. Yes. Each rather much quicker on an eight by ten. It's almost yes. given to you, but when you you have to sort of uh, think a little bit more carefully about it when you're doing a, a sixteen by twelve or a twenty by sixteen or anything bigger, of course. Absolutely. Uh, but the more you do, the more you don't even think about it. You know, it just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's like driving. You don't think I better put my foot on the clutch. I just make the, uh, I, I, and I, I tend to mute some of the colours because the colours that come out of the tube come out of the tube. Um, uh, I remember there was a paint, an English painter called John Bratby. He used to put, put paint on the tube. On the he's an RA. He used to put paint out of the tube, which is great. But I think he was probably uh, thinking he was a phobe. But uh, I never obviously you use paint for, straight from the tube. It's always muted or soft, oh, light or dark. Yes. And I think the tone is is very important. Not just yes. the color, I think how light or dark it is. Um, oh, absolutely. I, t I totally agree there. Um, often what I do again with teaching is um, take to photo, basic photocopies of, you know, say impressionist paintings, I think to show people the most basic photocopies so they're quite raw and, and yeah. say, look, it's still absolutely perfect because it's just black and white, but the tonal values yeah. in it work so so well rod that's um talking about color great segue i've always been interested in your color palette and oh, whenever you've posted bits of your prashad box i've been trying to spy exactly what color what uh, tube colors i see cadmium orange a lot yes yes i, I do well i don't use a lot of it but uh, i use it a lot but uh, yeah. as much of it but it's only a tiny about tiny bit i never mix anything with a palette knife i just just dip tiny brush in, in, in cadmium and cadmium orange when I'm doing a blue sky, uh, or or I drag it through a blue sky to sort of take the blueness away. Uh, so what my colours are? I base my three main ones are uh, yellow ochre, uh, French ultramarine blue, and alizarin crimson. Those are my right. three main colours. And then if I had to add two more, I use two whites, which is zinc white and titanium white. I use zinc white for lightening colours, um, right. and I use titanium because the colours don't become chalky and they, they retain more of the strength, colour strength. And I yes. use titanium only for highlights and for really bright bits, which right. is why sometimes my paintings might look a bit dull when they're physically out there for that reason. But at least you can get the, the range of light 
if you can't get light lights if you're using lots of light colors if you feel yes. like the colors with titanium you're not going to have the the hit uh, of using titanium for the highlights because you're already using it in the everything. yeah uh, I forgot what the question what the question was. Oh, the, the palette. Yes, um, those are the main three. Three. So those three main colours: yellow ochre, French ultramarine, glycerin crimson, and two whites. But then the other ones that I have is um, cadmium yellow um, and uh, cadmium orange. You're quite yes. right. And then an earth colour, another earth colour is a burnt sienna, which I'm, I have tendency to overuse, which I have to be careful. Mm. I don't like doing a brown painting, but yes, yeah. the brown to sort of soften and mute, mute, mute a lot of things. But yes. uh, be careful not to use it too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's such a useful colour, isn't it? But sienna, especially when mixed with ultramarine blue, because you get that yeah. absolutely gorgeous black colour. Yeah. You can shift it a little bit brown or a little bit more. I, I never use I never use black, uh, by the way. No. Well, most books tell you, art books tell you not to use it. Uh, so you can get you can get the darkest colours with with that depression uh, uh, ultramarine blue and uh, but then sometimes it's too purple, of course, because it is blue and blue and red, but maroon. Yeah. So you have to sort of make it the the sort of dark you want. So yeah. the shadows of a tree, I don't see it as dark green necessarily. I know we think it's probably dark green, but I put I put. Um, I put yellow into it then to sort of make it feel a little bit, bit more like a tree or yeah. uh, uh, whatever it is that, that, that's in the shade, you know. But you yes. know, the purple, yeah. purple colour on its own is, is never right. I always have to sort of mute it and adjust it, typically when it's on the board because it's too powerful. The first time you put it down, you take it down or it's not powerful enough if there's too much white in it. So yeah. I tend to keep adjusting them as I go along. And are you muting it with the, the yellow ochre? Like it, well, it uh, yes, yes, I do. I mute, uh, I mute a lot of stuff within the yellow if it needs it. Typically, yeah. if something's not, if something's too cool, for instance, uh, I will warm it up with a bit of drag some yellow ochre through through something that's on the board. Mm -hmm. um, rarely, rarely mix the colours right on the on the uh, on the palette first time. Yes. Uh, but one of the things I'm well we're on this subject about uh, mixing colours uh, and painting is uh, on the on Instagram a lot of people you see these videos of people painting and that they seem to be painting something and that's it. You know what I mean? I've just done that and, and that's it. I've painted it, I've put that out and then I'm doing this with a big brush typically and holding it by their fist, which I don't do by the way. Um, <laughs> and, or, or they're painting very with a very small brush, but they, they seem to be painting it and that's it. And it mm. makes it just look so as if it's so easy. And it, it's I don't paint like that basically. No. I never know, I feel my way I feel my way continually, which is why I would never want to do any um, demonstrations. You know. Yeah, that's that's interesting, and it wouldn't I work. Think, yeah, <laughs> we, so with with your work as well, that it that it looks, and it's this deceptive thing of simplicity. So it looks like you're seeing, so one of your skies, that you're just doing these lovely impressionist brush marks next to each other, but I know from painting myself that it's not just, <laughs> you're not just going in and doing these workshops. There's a lot of editing and reworking and balancing. But then when the final product is there, the people look at it and there's this air of simplicity. But I can see with you that you are working it out as you're going along. Like, like you're saying, you're 
you're feeling your way around it. Yeah. So deep. Sorry. I was going to say you you say you don't do any demonstrations, and no. is is that because why? Because you, yeah, it's not I a linear be, thing. I I am not um I I, I just it's a, a feeling feeling process, and I never know what, what's going to happen. I know what I want, but I don't know yeah. exactly how to get there, and I don't think I'm I'm equipped for showing people how to get there. But um, <laughs> I don't think that a lot of people who watch, who watch me wouldn't have, wouldn't have the patience to stand there for two hours, but they might. Some people yeah. might. But yeah. Um, what was I going to I was going to say, oh, Karen. When I was out um, this year several times, I found it, I go with the intention of being methodical. And I think I'm going to box off the largest shapes and then I'm going to get smaller and smaller brushes until I can, you know, satisfy the piece. But what, in, you know, unintentionally happens is it's it's kind of series of epiphanies and it can be a bit of a, an ordeal kind of getting through this messy, muddy stage until I can kind of use the real contrast colours, the darks and the lights to almost create a bit of an illusion with, with form. I mean, is there any kind of any way where you think that's that's a kind of growing pain or is that something which you constantly struggle with where you think it's it's kind of pulling it together at the last moment with these strong contrasting colors or is it uh is that not so much a, a struggle that you you experience because I, I find that quite often yeah i think uh, as, as if you've been playing air painting for years it's probably a growing pain Mm. But uh, it is also something that you have to handle. You know, it's it's not not, not going to go away because when you're throwing different colours at something, you there's a high, high chance of it turning muddy, turning mud. You know, dark dark dulls, particularly when you're using lots of darks and purples and things. So you can easily go muddy, uh, and, and if you're using brown as well, that's a candidate for not not going down too well. So uh, this is why I don't think you need to be too. To, uh, prescriptive when, when you're initially uh, mixing your initial colors just do a bit, a bit to make make sure it's work and then once you want once you're happy with it go for a bit more but then as you say a bit later when, when you put something next to it then you might want to lighten it darken it warm it cool it or all sorts of things uh but so i think um also when it when it does turn to muddy or, or there is an area you don't like on the painting that the, the i think you could actually put thicker, thicker, thicker and thicker paint on, which sometimes works. Some people get away with it. But uh, it's also uh, uh, the best way is just to just, just scrape it off or rub it off that area and, and, and start again. And also clean your brush more carefully and then and start again. Um, but uh, basically, it's uh, it's not an ideal way to paint is, is that sort of adjustment. Best off if you're if you're in free, free flow, really. But if there is a problem like that, and you do come across problems, sometimes you've drawn something wrong and it needs to be changed, and you, you've got to take it out to re-engineer re it. But yeah, what you're talking about, when, when you first start, it's, it's, it's almost certainly a growing pain, but, but the more you do it, um, the, the, the better you'll be and the easier it will be. So I do think doing the small ones, lots of small eight by tens, mm. is a great way to... Uh, uh, it's to get going and you could do you could do several a day you know you can do you can do them an hour and a half anybody can as long as long as they're impressionistic yeah yeah I and the more someone... you paint the, the the more you get used to it and yeah. like rob was saying it, you know a painting is a painting you could spend a whole day doing a, a massive 
a massive 20 by 20 inch one, or you could do three or four smaller ones, and you'll learn more from doing those three or four smaller ones than, than the big one. Exactly. I, 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 there's a guy called Andre Agassi, the tennis player. He said, yeah. the more I practice, the luckier I get. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and also David Beckham's free kicks. He didn't get good at those free kicks just because he was good. He 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 did a lot of practice. Yeah. 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 It's I mean, it's even things like when I go out to try and find something to paint, I found that I should have maybe done a bit of a, a recce or a reconnaissance earlier on, because I'll spend half of the day carrying an easel and a canvas and a bag full of paints and all types of things and traipsing up a mountain until I find I'm, I'm far too tired to do anything really <laughs> decent. I'll try yeah, yeah. pull something together and, you know, get stuck in a field and not be able to find a way out and things like that. So there's been all sorts of calamities when I try to go out plan air painting just to find something which is, because I'm in North Wales, so it's kind of, there's lots of countryside around yeah. to try and capitalise on. But unless I'm familiar with the site, I'll just find myself stuck and think I, I have to do something because I'm out here to do yeah, I think uh, I think the answer to that one is uh, paint 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 the first thing you think you like rather than go around for looking for anything better. Particularly if the sun's shining, it's gonna be it's gonna be okay for sun shining. And it, and it might be ordinary because some of the best paintings are of ordinary things. You yes. don't have a spectacular view. You know? Yeah. 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 Can I share one of my favourite paintings of yours? And I don't know if you remember it. And Simon will eventually put it on the screen when it's together. Yes. But it, but it is. I'm just bringing it up. So it is from 29th of April 2021, and it is cloudy day, Farthing Common. Do you remember this, Rod? So, uh, Rod. So, I don't know if you can see it on the screen here. Yes. Oh, oh, I see. Yes, it's a skyscape. Yes, I, yes, I, yeah, I see that. Yeah, I love yes. that. I love that. And it's got that little bit of smoke rising in the distance. Yes, the smoke there it was a bit of a gift. Yes. <laughs> it was, it was one of my favourite paintings by him. And it, because it is, I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful scene, but it's a cloudy day. You know, there's not a lot of drama going on. But this is where the painter creates that drama and that atmosphere. And I think it's it's almost a perfect painting. And I've always gone back and admired it. That's and I think, yeah. can, can, can you remember that day painting it? Can you remember that day when yeah, you painted it? I definitely it? remember. And uh, th those clouds were, were, were dished up to me on a plate and I couldn't resist them. This is because normally it's a... a predominantly land up there, not, not off the sky, but I deliberately looked right up, up, got the clouds in, and just the horizon, so it was predominantly a clouding painter. And one of the things I do remember was getting the aerial perspective of the clouds. Lots of people play the, cloud, the same clouds, as though, as though they're um, like all at the same level coming to, mm -hmm. but the, the, these clouds go away, and therefore the, the, the clouds in the distance aren't as dark and powerful, so they, mm -hmm. they get um, they get weaker as they go into the distance of clouds. Yes. And of course, the land always does the same. Yes. But I remember making the, those clouds uh, concentrating on the, obviously the sky gets lighter and warmer at the bottom as well, but mm. uh, it, it's not just the bottom of the sky, it's actually the distance, you know, rather than mm. just the bottom of the sky. Mm. Uh, I remember that, yeah. 
Yeah, and um, like you say, that little bit of smoke coming up there, like a yeah, little gift. Was a gift. Just, it just, just perfect because you've got, you know, what's in quite a horizontal yeah. landscape and sky. Yeah. You've then you, you've just got this little vertical bit of smoke coming. I, I think Mike, that's up. That was just gifted to me. I think I, I, I put seagulls in when I see them. You know, yes. sometimes there might be a little one a long way, and sometimes they might be quite close or whatever. But so I, yeah. I, I do only only put things in that I see, but then, then I don't need to worry about them. But if you make something up and put it, it might not fit in. Yes. Well, that was there, and I thought, well, I can see exactly how how how, how light or dark that smoke is, where it is, and how much it mm-hmm. is, and whether it's warm or cool. It's warm or cool, but uh, yeah, it was it was a gift. <laughs> you ever yeah. take anything else? Do you ever paint? You know, go to a scene and think. I like it all, but I don't want the postbox there or something like that and remove anything. Do you ever do any editing? Uh, sometimes. I, I, I tend not to like uh, painting window boxes mm. and hanging baskets. So, so this is the trouble. If you're painting in a pretty village in the Cotswolds, yeah. people, you know, you, you, I wouldn't really, I would try to avoid painting them. But I painted a scene in Hive a few weeks ago, earlier this month. And I, I just, I just sort of daubed that. I just gestured some some I didn't put flowers in them I just made them because they had they had shadows mm. underneath the underneath, underneath the, hang, the, the window box there was a shadow so I put the shadow in just because because I didn't want to do that bare but I didn't I didn't put all the flowers in yeah yeah <laughs> that can be really nice though I do think that when you have things removed and just suggested with shadow it can well, also uh, there's, there's a thing called local color um you know I tend you you you've got the local color is always not the colour that, 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 you, that you think it is. So London Brass, for instance, could be very, very dark if it's, if it's silhouetted against uh, a sunset, or if the sun's on it, it could be very, very bright. And mm-hmm. a lot of, most of the time it's in shadow, so you, you've got to sort of mute and, and alter the, the local colour. Very few, well, I don't like painting a local colour when on the Del Day because it's just, it's just what it is, and, and it detracts from painting. So I, I tend not to like doing local colour um, took too much. Mm. Colour is in the natural things, I think. It was yes. recently we had a big downpouring here and it's been such nice weather. And I yeah. got caught in it because I was walking to the garage to pick up my car from being MOT'd. And, yeah. um, and when I was walking to pick it up and getting absolutely soaked, I noticed something that was so obvious, but I'd never really considered it. And I thought, I'd consciously thought, I'm going to look at the ground to see what's happening tonally because obviously it's all going to be shiny in certain areas because of the puddles forming. And I always thought that the puddles would be light, but I've realized that puddles are like mirrors for whatever's casting upon them. And that was something which I think when you can see in paint, it's it's such a gift to be able to walk around and and observe the world. Is there things like that where you you walk around and you just have these visions? I think puddles are great because because they're they're very shallow, they don't have they don't, they don't get dis- they're very low down. Mm. They, don't, they don't get disturbed by the wind sometimes. Very often, mm. unlike normal water on a river or canal or certainly the sea. But they, they, these are flat, so they tend to be a mirror image. And yeah. if, if they're underneath a, a, a shady tree, uh, then they're really dark. And yeah. sometimes mm. nearly as dark as the shadow of the tree. Mm. The dark, the dark. So and the lights, obviously, the light of the sky uh, is is really light. But one thing that um, I always say about, well, it's, it's a, uh, Ken Howard says about painting uh, reflections in anything, water, any water, is the darks uh, are always lighter 
and the yeah. library was darker. <laughs> yeah. yes. so general rule, that is the case. But I, I have seen some of these puddle shadows. The darks in the puddle shadow are sometimes as dark as the actual top bit. I don't know why, yeah. but they are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? Because I've, I've always followed that rule. And then I'll look at something and it's completely the opposite. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that's to do, obviously, with, like you're saying, the, the surface, what's happening, whether there's wind on the surface or stay with the puddle. If if the pavement beneath it is dark, you'll get in that darkness. It's one, one final thing to say on these, on what I just said about rules and things. Uh, yeah. Samuel Johnson said the golden rule is that there's no golden rule. And yeah. I thought that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I don't believe in necessarily in teaching. Um, I, no. I think inspiration and, and uh, influence is uh, very effective. It has been for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I've taken it from the people who I liked, who I admired a lot. Yes. Someone who could teach art. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting that, isn't it? That but we do and we sort of pick and choose. So we take bits that, that work for us. Yeah. And when I I teach paintings, I teach painting online and in person. I never do it in a, a prescriptive way. Yeah. So it's always because I want everybody else's style to come through. Exactly. You don't want everybody to paint like you because there's certain things that you do, like you were describing earlier, that you're, you're feeling your way around it. And I often find that, you know, I don't know what I'm doing half the time. So I tend to focus more on colour mixing yeah. and simplifying and simplifying the scene and the forms rather than actually doing a prescriptive thing is like this is how you do this brush stroke or, or this but um I went to art college but it was all conceptual art so I didn't learn anything about painting and I find that my favorite painters are usually self-taught painters who've borrowed visually from people who inspired them um and I, I just love that that individual, and that's why I like your work so much. I can yeah, see that it. It's you know you you've you've fought hard for it in a way just through that that uh, that practice and that work ethic, and and the the fruit of that is showing now. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's all right. So, um, well, question. Um, you you often go out and paint with people um you know you have little plein air outings with friends yeah. it, how important is that to you that camaraderie i i think i do enjoy the that but i, I don't need to do it all the time um, yeah. some people only like to only go out painting with other people i, I like to go out on my own most of the time but i've got some local friends um, that, that sort of, uh, through me got into, into play, play and we go out every three weeks but the, it is important uh, not just for the painting but the camaraderie as you say and we always go to the pub for lunch and it's every three weeks and we chose every three weeks because once a month isn't enough about <laughs> yeah. it I also enjoy going to uh, into London I've, I've just recently started painting with the London plain air group which yes. I, well, I like. lots of people I know uh, there yeah really nice yeah it's lovely
And also painting in London is pretty good. So you, yeah. you sort of like some iconic subjects. And there's a lot that you, if, again, we go to the pub afterwards and I think that's yeah. So I like it. Yeah. So mi mixing mixing the social, but predominantly on my own. But I, 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 I do enjoy painting with others, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, we interviewed uh, Tushar, um, uh, uh, what was it, a couple of, last time or a couple of times ago, but yeah. he's, yeah, uh, Tushar Sabat, Sabat yeah, is, yeah. Uh, so he set up the London Plan Air, but, and he's got such a great energy for yeah. that, that kind of gathering and, yeah. and, and, and painting together. Um, so, Rod, do you, do you have um, a favourite? place to go to paint or do you have many um, many many but I think uh, in answer to your question favorite places um, mm -hmm. I enjoy uh, uh, I, I enjoy the, the harbors uh, Whitstable yeah. Harbor, Boats and Harbor, Dover Harbor, uh, Ramsgate Harbor, uh, Boats in London at, uh, mm -hmm. at, um, uh, at uh, St Catherine's Dock uh, the Thames, those sorts of boat reflections, and then also I enjoy the the the, the high up landscape. So that that farther common one you mentioned, yes. uh, also the North Downs near Wye, uh, looking across the the landscape and going further into the distance. You know, hundred you know fifty miles distant view and going to, into the distance. I love all that, and, and then bringing the the foreground nearby including blades of grass and it goes into this distant field yeah. and of course also for the sky as i mentioned as well not just the, the land but the sky as well going into the distance mm -hmm. uh, yeah <laughs> yeah so you've got that sense of sense of space and i'm in norfolk so yeah it's massive massive skies here yes it's it, have you ever painted out this way Seagull um, painting yes I, I went into the Paint out Norfolk in 2015, I think, or 2014. Yeah. James Coleman, and uh, I haven't been since because it, it was just in Norwich in those days. Yes. It's it a nice place. It is lovely. Yes, and it is very, very Seagoesque. Um, oh, Seagoesque! Yes, yes, it's, it's, it's very lovely. It's a big sky. I, I will go back again. Um, I'll probably go back to paint out Norfolk next year, but I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And yeah. where else do you go? In it? I've seen you. You painted up in Scotland as well. Uh, Scotland, oh yes, oh, very early on. Yes, I, I, yes. I big, big, big uh, fan. Of, I'm, I'm surprised I didn't tell you before now. Uh, big, big <laughs> fan of a guy called Cadell, a Scottish colourist. Yes. Uh, yes. And also Peplo, of course. But Cadell, yeah. I love his paintings of Iona. And uh, when I was um, in the quite a high pressure job in, towards the end of my career, I found a week to go. To Iona and followed in Cadell's footsteps, and I, they weren't wonderful paintings. Only as late by tens, they're not wonderful at all. But I thought they were good at the time. because I've come on a lot since, and I'd love to go back again and uh, and have another bash at those those sorts of scenes. Mm. scenes. Uh, mm. uh, I should be able to do a lot better job. <laughs> but yeah, I do mm. like Cadell and Peplo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I see there's one in particular where the the, the blue. Of the sea, it's yes. absolutely it's incredible. Voice, isn't it? Yes, mm. it's, it's, the, the shells at the bottom—they all get crushed up on the shells. Yeah, any light, even not the sun. The light sort of the, the, the light from these shells comes up, and there's clear water, and it becomes yeah. a And against this white sand, in which in turn is crushed up shells as well. You know, it's it's wonderful. I did a I did a postcard, copied a postcard, first time ever, um, about a year ago uh, of the ferry going over to Iona. Which I bought that that uh, 
I bought that uh, postcard then, and I, I've ah. ever since. So, and I did this postcard. Use I had to use, use a more powerful blue. I used phalo blue. Yes, very strong. Which is terribly strong, but uh, and that's the only painting I've ever used it on. Sometimes mm. I use it when if, if I want to do uh, a man-made green, you know, um, yes, or something like that. But uh, yeah. normally I don't. It's too powerful for me normally. Yes, me too. Do, do you ever work? Um, I mean, you said you work from a photographic reference there. Uh, on that occasion, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Never How do you find it? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's totally different, isn't it, to to paint in plein air. I have to, I have to I did a, a one on the in in the in the lockdown I, I did a, a copy of painting um, that was dished up to me a painting in St Ives I think uh, which I was quite pleased with I, I was surprised how 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 it worked it worked out you know? uh, but uh, yeah no I, I think you, you there's not enough information in a photograph for the sort yes. of stuff I like looking at in the, yes. the shadow on, on a photograph is, is just one thing was when you when you're there it's got all sorts of nuances on it including mm. the, the warmth and the cool, cool and the mm. colours in the depth. Yeah, and it's that, that sense of space and depth as well, the photograph always flattens it. Yeah. So you've got this sort of flattened view in that sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, Do you yeah. have any, anything which has um, developed over time as far as, it's a bit of a technical question, there may not be an answer for it, I'm not sure, you may just say no, but there are certain things like um, I've heard when people say if you go to a complicated scene to paint or to draw, try and find the longest line you can start off with for composition so that at least you have this longest line and then you can build from that the angles and the complications. Is there any way that you know of to kind of make painting a scene more efficient? Um, I think that that's uh, something that I would probably do uh, if there's a big, if it's a horizon, you want to work out uh, where the horizon is going to be, like I did for that, that little cloudy one you just saw, mm. cloud one from Farthing Common, um, in which case work out where, the, where it's going to be, and it, it is a, a horizontal line going across the whole painting, where is it going to be? towards the top because it, there's not much of a sky it's a bit boring or it's even blue sky and no no clouds or at the bottom where you've got all these clouds coming there um and horizontal line there and, and I, I think otherwise i don't necessarily think you need to um to worry too much about that that particular thing i think just to just work out where where you want the painting to go to, like the top of that that that, that roof there and the top of that one there. Then you start off at that roof there, and uh, try and make sure that where where you finish. Or also the one if you make sure the ones in the middle. What you if you're doing side size, it, it should work out as long as you you something over there, put it down there. Something over there, put it down there. Uh, yeah, and this is why eight by tens are a little bit easier because they're they're narrower, so you're not, you're not doing such wide vistas. Yes, yeah. and and your brush marks as well on on an eight by ten. I mean, if you're working on a big one, two one brush, you even need a very big brush. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah. So uh, that eight by ten, you've got much space. Yes, we're talking over each other. Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> I tend to lend themselves to to seeing the brushwork. Um, yeah, how my, I I I got on by people saw my saw my brushwork. And um, I thought, well, I'll keep the same brushwork, but just do bigger pictures. Yes. When you, do, when you do the bigger pictures and you put them on Instagram, you can't see the brushwork as much. Not unless no. you 
you zoom in. Yeah. Do you use bigger brushes then? Yeah, I do for the bigger paintings. Yeah, yeah. yeah I haven't got any brushes to show you, but yeah, those big ones about that. And, and what brushes do you tend to use? Flats, rounds, filberts? Oh, flat ones, flatty, flat yeah. ones, long, long flat ones. I, yeah. I don't know the name of them, long flat ones, about that long and that thick. But also I yeah. use the ordinary little round, soft, sable type of brushes you know, for, for painting, uh, for, for acrylics really, but I, I just use them for the, I use them for the, the, fine, the more I put the finer bits. Yes, masts and ropes. I keep using it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Ever use a palette knife? No, never use a palette knife, no. I don't even scrape my palette off with a palette knife. Do you have a preferred time of day to paint? Is there any, you know, do you, are you a morning painter or is it the whole day is available to you? Uh, well, I, you know, when I'm on holiday, I, I, uh, in, in, it's on a painting holiday, obviously all day. I have to get up early, seven o'clock, get the morning light. But you can't paint all day, actually, necessarily. You do need breaks. You need to sit under an umbrella, have a glass of wine or something. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think uh, in my normal life here, in, in a normal in a normal time in, in England, um, I tend to go out. I, I don't go out before about nine o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at the latest. Hmm. And then um, I tend to finish about five or six. But then again, in the winter, you're getting sunrises. Yeah. Uh, uh, and you're getting, you're getting sunsets. Yeah. So, you know, which is great in the winter. Both of those two in the winter are great. Yes. So, yeah. Not really, do, not do you have, any type of time of day, really. But Do, do you have a favourite time of year, then, to paint? Uh, yes, I do like uh, the autumn very much. Yeah. The longer shadows, the warmer, ultraviolet light. Um, mm, absolutely. Yeah, I do love all yeah. that in the autumn. Yeah. That's, that's why I want to go to Provence again in the autumn. Yes. Yeah, and like so, I like autumn, winter time the best because sunrise and and sunset. You can see both in in the day and still be sort of functional within it. Yeah. You know, but there's just something something about the lights, um, autumn and winter time. It, it's very very special, and um, yeah, the problem is it's very cold to paint outside. It does get cold, yeah, definitely. I have to keep going back to the car to warm my hands up, keep my <laughs> breathing. Yes. I don't, I don't wear gloves either, so it's not very good when it's really cold. But every half hour, I go and warm my hands up somewhere or other, because otherwise it would be awful. <laughs> and do, do you take uh, do you take a flask and pack lunch and, and stuff no, like that? I think I'm, I'm a bit like Van Gogh, and when you're painting, I don't think about anything else. I don't think about food. Yeah. Once when when you get on a on a train and, and you've got some some sandwiches with you, all you can think about is eating them. <laughs> I don't think about them at all. I don't think about eating. Uh, if I've fi finished a picture at three thirty or four o'clock, I've not had lunch. I, I don't know about it. I, I, it just happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're in the zone. You just yeah, yeah, yeah. focus on what you're doing. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um. Well, can I ask as well about um. It, you know, galleries. Do you, do you show it showing galleries? No, I don't. I know you sell online. I, I make mainly online. I, I sell a, a few online. I don't make a living out of it, but I, I sell I sell all I need, all I like to do on a, on it through yeah. Instagram, not directly, but indirectly. Yes. Uh, plus, I do have a gallery of sorts in uh, East Sussex called uh, called Greenfinch. It's in Ticehurst. Yeah. And she's about eight or nine of my pictures, and she she sells quite a few of my pictures 
for quite good money, really. Good. And you've yeah. recently had a show there. Yes, I have. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, it's only a couple. It's only, only over a weekend, but yeah, that was quite good. Didn't yes, sell, yeah. I didn't expect to, but uh, I just said I entered into the spirit of it and I did some paintings at the said venue as well in advance. Mm. So I enjoyed it. All. Yeah, and it's. I mean, the art market's quite difficult at the moment across yeah. the board. Um, you know, I've, I've got friends who've who've went down the traditional gallery route and represented all, all over the place, London, Cornwall. Um, and it's difficult at the moment with, with galleries even selling work. And the, I mean, I mainly sell my work on, online and it mainly goes to the States. Um, and it's one of the great things about Instagram that, you know, yes, you have that. Yes, all over the world, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, so uh, do you, it's an interesting question. I'm sometimes surprised which works of mine sell. <laughs> so I'll often put one there and think, oh, this is, you know, I love it. And, you know, it doesn't, but then one that I'm not that fussed about, people seem to like and buy. Do you, do you ever have that where you're, you're sort of, um, you have favourite works that you put up and this is like, you know, you can imagine someone just snapping it up. But then they go for something that's uh, a little bit yeah, different. You definitely find that. I had a, a, a lady came from uh, all the way from Australia, not just to see me, but she, she came from mm. Australia to see her sister. But anyway, she was, she wanted to meet me, and she came to see me. And I, I went, when I was doing a lot of eight by tens, this is about 2015, and she went through all these uh, 2016 probably. She went through all of my my paintings, and and uh, and uh, she chose six paintings to have, which was great. Uh, but uh, also, she could, what, what about these over there? I said, well, they're just, oh, I would have a look at all those. And she went through all the stuff that I wasn't going to be showing her because it was just all around. Yeah. And she chose pictures that I didn't think were all that fantastic. But she thought, <laughs> so exactly as you say, uh, they, it's, people see things that you, that you think yourself aren't. This is why uh, it doesn't hurt to sort of show people plenty, but you, you can't show too much. You can't show too much. But uh, I didn't mean this girl. Anyway, she, she she bought six and five or six, four or five of them. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I was surprised. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it goes to show that art in that sense of paintings, you know, we as the artists, as the creators, don't really see them objectively because we, we're part of the process. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, well, we, we always think that the painting you've just done is, is really quite good. And then yeah. a month later, we think, it, well, it's not bad. And then a year later, we think it's rubbish. Yes. And then, and then two years later, come around, someone comes around and says, we really like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think that is part of, uh, for me, it's always the next painting, you know, the next yeah. painting. The one yeah, that's yeah. Gonna, yeah, the hit. Yeah. yeah, the hit and, you know, where I sort of solve all of the problems. And that's what drives you up. You know, I mean, it's that thing. If we were, if we were completely content with every every painting, and um, you know, there, there wouldn't be that drive to to get up and go out and yeah. and, and do it again. And um, also, we're not. Uh, I mentioned the word people pleasing earlier. You know, we're, I'm, I'm I'm not painted to, to sell, or I'm not painted yeah. to please. Which I think is quite good for in terms of art. Um, it helps me because I'm not. Uh, I, I sometimes do paint to please people if they have a commission, but 
generous. You know, I just paint for me, and I'm I'm not painting it to sell, so I can paint what yeah. I want, how I want, and also when I want, which is great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> do you do many commissions? Sorry, oh, Sam. Sorry. I was just going to say, I always find it strange when people say, I don't care what people think, because I do. I care what people think, not necessarily just about arts, but just generally. I think it's a good, you know, barometer for how we're behaving in the world. It's just, you know, as other people will tell us and, and reflect back to us how, how we are presenting ourselves sometimes. So I don't necessarily disregard people's opinions. I think they're quite valuable. I was going to ask you, though, about because we're talking about Instagram. And I'm always curious how artists manage this square format. And I've seen that you've capitalised on certain things with your St. Margaret's Bay Kent cropped from four paintings. And you have these vertical strips of four paintings, which oh, is yeah. a beautiful way of yeah, capitalising yeah. on such a limited, you know. Uh, I thing. think, um, well, I use the thing called, um, uh, it's an app I have on my phone. Yeah. For, for, for that, uh, it's called. Um, yeah, please. What is it? Called? Um, it's called. Um, I can't. I can't see it at the moment. I'll have to let you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll insert the name afterwards because that's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's something which I think is quite cre a creative way of managing uh, a website, which does kind of you know restrict how how much how well you can present your work sometimes, and it's all little tiles. That people are just scrolling past and not necessarily yes. viewing the best. I, I think originally when it first started Instagram, uh, there, it was all it was just squares. Now you can actually do a rectangle one. You just select re rectangular one, but you don't get as much painting if it's a horizontal. If it's a, a, a landscape, you don't get much painting on the phone. Mm, yes. If you do a, a portrait one, you, you yeah. can actually get a lot more painting. You get, you get painted over the the whole of the foot, a mobile phone. Yeah. So, yes. on that. so uh, a bit of everything, but the, the mobile phone, the uh, the um, the reels are best I've done in, in portrait for that reason. You get it more on the on the phone. Yeah. So, yes. uh, I, think I don't often do 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 just just square formats. You can you can put the you can put anything you want, or you can just squeeze it. Yeah, yeah, and it is interesting sort of navigating that digital space because I tend to, and I don't know whether it is Instagram inspired, but I paint square, a lot of squares. Yeah. And, um, just because I've, I've, maybe my eyes have just become adjusted to, to, to working in, in squares. But I think as well, and what I like about your Instagram feed is where you're doing a carousel. So you've got the finished painting there and then you're showing those stages. Oh yeah. Uh, where you're set up and they they seem to be you get some great comments on there as well that people are, are sort of fascinated by seeing that that process yeah i i um i i like to see the the those um stage payments myself which is why i put them on because i enjoy them because because they're they're, they're history you know they're, they're frozen mm. in time um they're part of what what the, the the end product is the painting the end product is always going to be there the painting mm. those, those stage payments are never going to be seen again but it, it can be seen again because uh you take the photograph and I've, if i share them then other people can share them i'm not trying to educate people or anything i'm just showing no. what what happened what how it, how it developed yes uh, yeah i want to show people how easy it was you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it gives it's that uh, 
and I guess for you know for your memory as well, but it's there and sort of you can yeah. go back and especially and if you painted the thing before. It remembers, yeah, yeah. I, I do do like it, and, and and it shows me what time of day it was. So if I want to go back again, I can see what the sun was, the shadows were here at half past eleven in the morning because they're, they're yes. time those photographs. Yes. So you know exactly what time of day you finished and when you started. Yes. There is a built in. It's not a, it's not like a hindrance to, to document the work, because for some artists, it's difficult to manage the filming and photographic side yeah. of the work as well as the production of it. Is that just built into the process? I have my phone, my phone in my pocket. Yeah. And I just um, well, well, I'm happy with that stage now. I just get my phone out and I, I do I, I do two pictures, I do a horizontal, um, a landscape one. If I'm mm. if I'm doing just an ordinary post, and if I'm doing a reel, I do a ver uh, if I want to do a reel, I'll do a vertical one as well. Yeah. Uh, so of any of each stage, but only about uh, <coughs> stages, four stages, five stages at the most. Mm. Uh, sometimes I do forget to do the stages. <laughs> well, no, you've adapted to this. I enjoy, I enjoy them because I like to see them myself because they're never yeah. to return. Well, do you yeah. ever use it as a way to step back from the painting as well? Because I've heard that people can use that to see things which you can't see with your eye in person. If you take a photograph, it will really, you know, really show the composition, really crush down into a smaller, you know, size. Yeah. Well, when you finish the painting, yes, when you finish the painting, you see it in a different light. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can be yes. very useful, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not so long, but uh, uh, if you stand back from a painting, it, it does help a lot. And also, yeah. if you have a break, if you go away for a few few minutes, yeah, you're talking to someone, and then you yeah. come back, you can't remember where you were. That's the problem. Yeah. But uh, at least you can see. Uh, yes. Can't remember what you were doing exactly, but you can see uh, what what might be needed. Yeah. You see it with fresh eyes in the way. Yes. Yeah. If you're too close to some something, yeah. it, it kind of unknots itself. But yeah. you go away and you come back in, you know, yeah. even if it's just for a few seconds, you yeah, see yeah. it quickly. And quick question, rather about painting the, the, the same scene in different lights. Um I love Monet's hay bales and yeah. um now where he's he's sort of capturing it at those different yeah. times of day. Have you ever been wanted to do that? Just go back to that same position or that same scene and do I it do through. go back to the same scene. Yes, definitely. Sometimes mm. I do, yeah, definitely at different times of day, uh, and I wait for next year as well. Definitely, mm. and, and hopefully do something a bit better. Yeah, I did some late harvest fields when after the harvest had been taken last year, mm. um, and uh, we were quite successful on Instagram. And I'll probably go back again this year and do something. Yeah. And do you feel that connection to um, to landscape, to to place? I mean, this is very important for me as as an artist. I'm, you know, the, the, the more so, I moved to Norfolk from London about it's about two years ago now. I've lived all over the place, Cornwall, grew up in in Lincolnshire. But leaving the city and, and coming here, and I live, my studio is right next to the, the Grey Twos, it's a tidal river. And since I've been here, I, I kind of know what time the tides are, yeah. you know, I know what time the sun's going to set, you know, if the clouds are over here, you know, if it's yeah. going to rain later. Is this, 
you know, as an artist being in tune with the landscape and, and nature, it's it, it's becoming so important to me. Do you feel that as well when, when you're right When now? I'm there, yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm totally attuned to it when I'm actually there. Uh, mm. and I can remember it when I left. But normally speaking, I'm not... I, I just have to look at my phone to see what the weather is, to, yeah. to see what the tide is at any place. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I, I don't know too much about... Uh, sense of place but yeah when you're there a sense it's wonderful and, and this is why I when I compare it to the tourists who, who go to a place uh, with their cameras uh, any, any tourists and they, they they're there for five minutes ten minutes taking pictures and then they go yes yeah. and two and a half three hours and you're seeing so much more you're seeing the mm -hmm. shadows moving around you're seeing the light catching different sorts of parts of boats, different trees, different parts of windows on houses. And you can pick and choose what you want. As long as you're painting what you saw at that time, over yeah. the course of a couple of hours, it, it should, might fit. Uh, obviously, yeah. all the others need to be the same sort of angle, that sort of thing. But uh, yes, you, it's, it's wonderful what you see by being in tune with the, uh, with the environment. And you, mm. you are very much more than any other outlook, probably, that, than there is. Yeah. Mm. And you sort of build that relationship with it in a way, and yeah. especially because you're mainly painting around your your local yeah. area. And yeah, yeah. You think of Edward Sego and, and people like that, but yeah. you know, it, after a while, it's the, those colours, that vernacular that, that is really coming into the work that you know. I mean, Sego has these, these kind of yellowish skies every now and there, and now living in Norfolk, I know exactly what those skies are, and it's yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, it's a beautiful thing to to be in tune like that. Yeah. Just just one other thing on the subject of the environment and being in tune is the winds. We have a lot of north northeasterly winds just recently, and I, I and when we have a southwesterly wind, I know all the places I can paint where there's not much wind, basically yeah. on the lee side of those hills or so. And and when there's a northerly, I know other places like that I can paint, so that's quite useful. But because you've been, been out so many times, you know, yes. we want to go back to the same spot. But yeah. uh, if, it is, if it is really windy, I know you need shelter and you need to find it. Absolutely, absolutely. Because <laughs> your paintings are flying across the landscape. Having your back to the wind is, is, is better than having faith. It's, it's better than having it facing you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, so did you say you, you uh, had to finish at 12 o'clock is that what you yes, said? I will have to yeah. as well. You will. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. At this point then I'll just thank you very much for your generosity and your time being on. It's so such a treat to talk to you. It's been so nice to have you tell us and share with us your experiences and thoughts on these uh, different questions and things. So really appreciate it. Is there anywhere that you'd like the viewers to go and see your work do you have a website as well as instagram i mean is there anything that you'd like to promote yeah, so I've, I've got a website uh, rodmajorart.co.uk there's a link in my on my bio but uh, on my home page of instagram but uh, instagram is probably better because the the images are, are much better and there's more stuff on instagram yeah. <laughs> links will be in the description is there anything else is there any uh, events or uh, exhibitions no, I've, I've got nothing coming up no, no I'll, I'll be just out painting as usual thank you very much indeed for asking me to do this um uh, I, I don't know what's going to come of it but it's, uh, <laughs> i think it's wonderful that you're um you're interested in 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 me 
sufficient to, to, to do this and to us for, yeah. for, us for so long. Because um, yeah. we just used to people stopping in the street and talking for a minute or two, and that's it. <laughs> yes, yeah. but it's great to have, and also the fact it'll be recorded and there for for posterity. Probably, I don't know. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank yeah. you very much indeed. Anyway, both of you. Thank you. A pleasure. And what we so this podcast really is about it's for it's for artists, it's for budding artists, it's for people interested. Um, I spend a lot of time in the studio myself, and as I was saying earlier, me looking at your insert and trying to see what colours are in your Pushard box, just those glimpses. So what we're trying to do is just give other artists these sort of little behind the scenes things, yeah. because so many people will know, I mean, you've got 38,000 followers or something. Yeah. They, they know your pictures, they get these little glimpses, but this is that little chance to, you know, to see behind the scenes, the man exactly. behind. Uh, well, just on, on that point, um, you, you, um, you learn a bit from every, uh, different person if you're a guitarist you learn a little bit for one guitarist someone you don't want one you don't want to learn just from one so you want a cross section if you've yes. got the, you've got the, the patience to watch, watch the whole video it's great <laughs> yeah yeah well people can have it on in the background um, yeah. when they're in the studio or driving to go out out painting you know it could because you can have it as an audio version as well so it's just those those little things that sort of um our education in a way without it being formal and it's yeah. I know it's a painter it's those little tips and those yeah. little insights to what other painters do thank you very much again it's really <laughs> yeah wonderful thank you